Hello guys, we want to thank our proud sponsors Ecotech Solutions. Uh, Ecotech Solutions specialise in the repair of laptops, mobile phones and tablets. Use a code FIXIT with not just boxing to get 20% off. Thank you guys. Thank you to our proud sponsors Amigos. Amigos is one of the best Mexican food places in Portsmouth. Use this code on screen to get 20% off. Cheers. I'd like to thank our sponsors Manscaped, uh, one of the leading male grooming companies in the world um, please use the code njb20 to get 20 percent off thank you hi guys welcome to not just boxing podcast we're here today with the hypnotist rob he's come all the way from leeds down to portsmouth uh, we've just been hypnotized by him uh, very relaxed right now how you doing rob yeah beauty man like super relaxed myself it's uh, uh yeah i was just saying then it's the it's the perks of the job just being able to just chill relax and i think yeah subconsciously the things that i say get into my own head as well. How did you find that, Terry? I found that great. Yeah, it was really good. I think you said, said I was, at first I was like flickering, so I had to just take mm -hmm. my watch off, mm -hmm. relax everything, and actually trust the process and just go with it. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you have it in your mind, you're like, oh, you know, can I do it? Yeah, I guess you get that quite a lot. Yeah. But once you get into it, you're like, wow, you I think, feel so relaxed. I think you, you, you both did well though there, to, to be fair, to be able to zone in and focus on my voice. And I think this is the, the beauty of me working online because people are already in the comfort of their, their own home. Mm -hmm. So they've got all the, all the barriers are already down. So they're feeling relaxed, they're, they're laid on their own bed. So they can just slip into that state a lot easier than someone coming to see me in person. It usually does take a couple of sessions for someone to feel fully relaxed, to fully let go. Cause that is basically the idea of hypnotherapy is just fully letting go. If you can let go, completely relax, that's it. The world so what is the aim? So completely to let go and then for you to, obviously you were saying stuff to us while we were sitting mm -hmm. down and is it subconsciously try and get into that subconscious and yeah, yeah, yeah. make us believe in ourselves or that what, you know, whatever aim you're trying to do, is that the aim? Yeah, yeah, basically. So how, however we approach, whatever we see in our environment is all down to a belief. Is that fair to say? So like, mm. I would look at, I'd look at the camera here and I've got a, a preconception or a belief of what that camera represents in terms of an experience that I've had previously. Now, beliefs skew our perception of things. So if I go into something with a negative belief, that's gonna directly translate into my behaviors. So then I'm gonna experience that thing negatively, mm. yeah? So hypnotherapy works all with the, all with the beliefs, all with the subconscious mind. So it's about, get you into that nice relaxed state. Once you're in that nice relaxed state, there's a part of the brain called the conscious critical faculty. This is basically like a gatekeeper, a little doorman, a little bouncer into the subconscious. So generally when someone's given information, it checks in with this, this CCF, the conscious critical faculty, who then checks in with the subconscious to see if that information is recognized. If it isn't, it's rejected. Part of hypnotherapy is getting you into that nice relaxed state. Once you're in that nice relaxed state, that CCF, is actually mm. suspended. So mm. I always I liken it to that little doorman going on a little tea break. So then any information that's given to the mind freely enters. That's where we can begin to rewrite any limiting beliefs, any unhelpful subconscious programs, or strengthen the things that you already consider to be strengths. And I think this is this is part of what I'm trying to create is that it isn't just about working with negatives. So I do work with some elite sports people who like perceivably don't have anything wrong with them. So the work that we're doing is just literally to strengthen what they already believe in themselves to pave that way for future growth and development. Mm. So uh, that is basically hypnotherapy. Once you're in that nice relaxed state, you're experiencing the brainwave of theta. Theta is, it's a, a light meditative state. We're naturally in it first thing on the morning when we wake up and the last thing just before bed. And this is literally where the subconscious mind is open. So if you wake up in the morning and straight away you say to yourself, today's gonna to be a stressful day. You're already just priming your mind to experience that. So you're mm. gonna to start to spot more opportunities that align with that belief. So yeah, hip, hypnosis is, is getting you into that relaxed state. And then once you're in the, that relaxed state, it's the suggestions on the back of that. So the, the self-hypnosis, which you mentioned before, Terry, before obviously we started recording was, it's getting yourself into a relaxed state but it's what you do once you're there. So that's the difference between meditation. Meditation is like a, a conscious awareness, getting yourself into a nice relaxed state, whether you focus on breathing, whether you focus on a certain mantra, phrase or word. Uh, but the, the difference between that and hypnotherapy is what you do once you're in that relaxed state. So if you start to prime your mind with suggestions, 
Mm-hmm. Welcome to self-hypnosis. Well, wow. mm. I do think the, the phrase, you're a prisoner of your own thoughts, that a lot of people would think, that's, uh, it's quite a poisonous phrase, really. Um, but there's so many people out there with so many barriers, so many negatives, that when they do wake up, the average person, you've already got a million obstacles to overcome that's already in your head. Mm. So I think you breaking them down, obviously you're working with elite athletes. People don't even really have that because they're so well-tuned mm-hmm. mentally. Um, but even for the average person, I think what you just did with us, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Just just anyone, I think, if you if you can go under that and just be a better version of yourself and be more positive, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it's amazing. Mm. And it's, sorry, sorry, no, it's just interesting that, you said, interesting that you said that people first get up, then they have that negative thought in their head, mm-hmm. and then that carry, you know, then they spot opportunities just to be negative. That's so true. Like if you wake up and you have that bad, bad mindset, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Then you spit, you spot the bad things there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get up thinking, "Wow, this, today's gonna be great," then you appreciate more the better stuffs in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's, so the part of the brain that that basically does that is something what's called the reticular activating system. So, have you ever thought about a car and then you've started to see that car everywhere yeah. on the road? <laughs> yeah. So that is that is basically that you've primed your mind with something. So your brain's more open to receiving that information. So it's not that there's all of a sudden more of those cars on the road. It's just that you're more open to receiving that information. So if you prime your mind with, today's going to be stressful, I'm knackered, I'm tired, you're going to then be more likely to spot the opportunities or spot the things that align with that belief. So you're going to start to pick up on little niggles. Oh, yeah, maybe... Yeah, maybe I shouldn't go training or, you know, that commute over there annoys you. That's a little bit stressful over here. And this is the power of being aware of what we're thinking about. Mm. As soon as we're aware of what we're thinking about, then we can start to identify what does this represent in the the event or situation that I'm in. So in terms of what you just said there, Ash, about just for just everyday people, doing that is massively beneficial Mm -hmm. because we have up to 70,000 thoughts a day. Mm. Insane. So there's a thought going on almost every second, boom, boom. Sometimes we're not aware of them, sometimes we are aware of them. And it is literally all about calming everything down, slowing everything down. As an athlete, as a boxer, you know yourselves, like you need to be, you need to be calm as anything in the ring. You need to be, be aware of everything that you're doing so that you can decisively react or respond or be proactive in, in what you're doing. So you said obviously, first thing in the morning and the last thing at night you're in that sort of conscious state mm-hmm. um what would you recommend to people that are listening to maybe try and help push their lives in the right direction whether it's being fitter being healthier maybe i don't know being a bit happier a lot of people are struggling at the moment just because mm-hmm. obviously you've had lockdown you've had you've got so many bad things going on mm-hmm. uh, so to focus, focus on all the right things what, what would you recommend do exactly that set some intentions what is it that you're actually wanting to achieve using affirmations telling yourself positive and impactful suggestions that first thing then what you do on a morning when you wake up is you say these positive and impactful mm-hmm. suggestions start to prime the mind it's this is where hypnotherapy comes in to serve as a catalyst to speed up that the the rewrite of beliefs so if i said to you both ash you can't drive mm-hmm. you're going to still hop in your car and be able to drive it's almost like if i've got a belief of okay, when I enter into this situation, I'm not confident. If you then tell yourself, right, okay, go into that situation and be confident, it's just going to bounce straight off of the subconscious. Yeah, so Ash, you can you can say to yourself over and over again, something like feel confident in this situation when the belief is that you don't. And at some point it is going to change. You are going to be able to start to notice certain things that align with feeling confident. But hypnotherapy serves as that catalyst to go into the subconscious, open up the subconscious mind to start to prime the mind with those suggestions that will rewrite those beliefs a lot quicker. And it's huge as well, I think, like, if you look at any professional and, like, look at a football team, for example, how, I don't know, Chelsea one week could go win 6-0 against Southampton and the next week they'll go and lose to, you know, whoever. Mm. Like, as a team, the, the, the psychology, the barriers that go going into it, all the things behind the scenes before the game even though they're capable of beating the other team, mm-hmm. I do feel like mindset's so big. And obviously it's, it's so good that in the sort of the last, what, 10 years, 20 years, it's been so spoken about now. And people like you that work with athletes that are getting the best out of them, it makes you think as well, how many people in the past that had all the talent 
that maybe didn't have the mindset. Yeah, yeah. How many people actually, fall yeah. short? Like even people that maybe never got to be a world champion in boxing, mm -hmm. they had the skills, they had the ability. But as soon as it comes under the bright lights, like we said off camera, Tyson Fury in front of ninety-four thousand people. Can you imagine going back to your corner? At the end of the first round, still not really that warm into it, mm. and there's 94,000 people staring in the ring at two, you yeah. and someone else. Yeah, it's mad. Focus, concentration. He's obviously at that point to be able to, over time he's created that focus, knowing that he has to focus, he has to not let those outside influences affect him. Mm. And it's exactly the same internally as well, when you start to think of something external to what you're doing, then you're not giving what you're doing 100% of your attention. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you're not able to give 100% of your ability. You're not able to bring through your, your full ability, your full potential. Yeah, so it's, there's nothing more beautiful when you see people flowing. You see mm. the best athletes. Like you even said uh, during the hypnosis session about flowing. But like when you see someone that's so good at something, they're just naturally doing it. You know, they're, they're in the zone, they're in the moment. Like anything, whether it's cycling, you, you see like... Uh, all these, all these sprinters and things like cycling and swimming, and they've had sports psychologists for years. Yeah, it's been yeah. in these sports for years, but boxing is slowly catching up. Yeah. Do, yeah. do, do you feel that as well? Do you still have people that have that sort of mindset, like, oh, we don't need sports psychologists? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Do, do you get a lot of that at the That's moment? That's a massive barrier, and I think that comes with with being a fighter and what a fighter represents. Like, you're tough, you're strong. And, you know, look at press conferences and things like that. They try and not show any weakness at all. Mm -hmm. Any weakness, any slight change in, in, you know, even a lot of people pick up on eye contact or he looked away first mm -hmm. and that means I've got the better of him. And, yeah, I think, I think it's definitely catching up. But that is part of what... I am a man on a mission to change that is... Do you think those mind games can break you in fight week? Let's yeah. say in the UFC it's huge, you know, anyone can win on the day and that. If you're in fight week against number like Israel Adesanya or something, is mm. you know, and and he's getting the better of you, and he's maybe mocking you, and the, surely their mind games probably you're already around behind. What well, you saw Conor yeah, McGregor yeah. versus um, Aldo. Aldo, mm -hmm. that's a that's the prime example, example yeah, of yeah, yeah. someone getting into someone's mind and not performing on the night because their anger got in the way, right? Emotions, yeah. emotions got in the way, and he didn't even he didn't even fully speak English. Oh, How yeah. crazy is that? Like, he still managed to get in his head, yeah. and there's a difference in language. That's Conor McGregor, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. And, and I, to answer your question, Ash, yeah, mm. I think it can massively affect you if you're not aware of what's, happen what's actually happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've worked with a, I've worked with a few fighters that press conferences. They've they've never had a press conference where the opponent's been cheeky or, um, yeah, or, or just. Talking shit Bad to him, basically, yeah, yeah, and when it's happened, it's completely thrown him. And this is something that that's coming up quite a lot at the minute with the people that I'm working with is about expectations, having those hard expectations going into something, thinking this is going to happen or that's not going to happen, and then when it does happen or when it doesn't happen, throws them off completely. Mm. And and this is about we mentioned I mentioned during that that hypnotherapy session about. <laughs> about uh, trusting in the subconscious, yeah. trusting in the fact that what you've got in your mind can come out and all you've got to do is just get out of your conscious thinking mind's way and, and just being, being aware that you can deal with any obstacles that are in front of you. I guess from a normal, com like anyone, just general Joe walking down the street, mm -hmm. they have those negative thoughts when they get up. What sort of things can they do to try and think more positively and act more positively on, on a daily basis? Negative thoughts are there to, to protect you, to hold a good intention. If you can identify that, what thought you're having and what the intention behind it is, then ultimately you can rationalise it. So these negative thoughts actually that we all have as humans, they are just there to try and protect us in some way. What you're going to find is though, is that you have so many strong counterexamples to that negative thought that are, that are legitimate. And you'll find that these negative thoughts that you're having, these limiting beliefs, these doubts, they don't hold any, any legitimacy. They don't hold any, any weight, really. And like I say, you've got some strong examples of the, of the opposite. For example, if I, if I went into a, into a fight and I said, oh, I can't do this, or I'm, I'm going to get beat, which is just natural for, mm -hmm. for fighters to experience, you're going to have way more examples as to, to the contrary, to the contrary. You're going to be able to to bring 
through all of your training sessions, then times that you beat the best person in the gym, all of those new things that you've been working on, your fitness levels, like you've got all of the examples there to counter it. So first of all, when them negative thoughts come in, is just identify them, acknowledge them, feel the feelings that they evoke, rather than try to squash them to one side, because again, those feelings, they're gonna, they're, they're normal, they're normal to feel. Once you start to acknowledge and feel those feelings, it's gonna pave the way for that rational thinking mind to come through, yeah. which is to pick up on all of the, all of those strong examples. So give yourself that, that room and that opportunity to say, right, okay, well, what's actually real here? What's actually legitimate? Amazing, man. I'm gonna say, I've written that down, negativity, negativity is there to protect you. I think that's brilliant. For sure, man. I think that's brilliant. And you, you've given some great examples there as well, so I appreciate that. Man. No worries, bro. Not, I not think problem. a lot of training uh, for any athlete, like a lot of the biggest problems when you wake up and like, let's say you've had a hard few weeks, let's say you're in camp, the biggest barriers you ever get really is when you're feeling overtrained, when you f wake up and you feel tired, fair enough, your body's probably going to get, it might take half an hour to get moving a bit, mm -hmm. a bit more, but... I feel like you get more negative blocks when you are fatigued, when you are tired. So battling those those mental blocks then, that's what mm -hmm. makes you a professional. That's when you see the pros mm -hmm. train 12 hard weeks and then go into a hard 12-round fight compared yeah. to someone that, you know, let's say I did a big pool session yesterday and I'm feeling a bit sore. Mm -hmm. A lot of people might think, oh, I'm a bit sore, I'm done. But yes. a lot of people might think, oh, I can train so many other things, I can be smart about mm -hmm. it. So I think incorporating the mind with smart training, whether it's swimming or whatever, um, yeah, that's huge. What you just said in terms of, of fatigue, the body is there or the, the mind is there just trying to protect it. Fatigue, there, there's an element there of being vulnerable. Again, the brain is always just trying to protect it. So if you're in a, if you're in a fatigued state, you're going to be more susceptible to danger, whether that's, whether that's a fighter, whether that's the, a saber-toothed tiger that's running at you, because that is literally what where this has evolved from or, or not evolved really initially evolved many years ago this fight or flight response which is there to protect us uh from from when we was in tribes when we had constant danger around us you know we, we had other tribes to fight we had um, dangerous animals we needed food we needed shelter warmth we had constant danger around us now that part of the brain is still very much present mm. so for example a boss might call somebody into an office and they get that instant spike of anxiety, the adrenaline rush, oh shit, what's going on here? They're gonna get the same feelings as though they're running from a saber-toothed tiger. It's all from the mind. So what we can take from this is that ultimately the brain is just constantly trying to protect it, mm -hmm. protect the host, protect ourselves. So when we have those, those thoughts coming in about, oh, God, can I keep going on this? Or can I do another round? The, the fatigue setting in, it's just knowing that deep down, again, trusting in yourself that you can give way more mm -hmm. than what you actually give yourself credit for. And that is it's something that I work on a lot with, with fighters, is that trust in their, in their stamina and endurance. So fatigue is more of a mental thing? I, I would say so, yeah. Of course you're going to feel the physical, uh, the, the physical actions of, of fatigue, i.e. you're not going to be able to, to throw as many punches or you're not going to be able to, to run as quick. But you can always give more, definitely. And it's all, it's again, it's about dropping the stories attached to this. If you go into it thinking, oh man, I can't give any more here. And you're gonna, you're gonna start to really noticeably feel that fatigue rather than changing that narrative, changing that story as to say, right, I can keep going here. I need to stay present. I can keep pushing. And you're gonna be able to at least give yourself the opportunity of mm. feeling and experiencing those things. It's really interesting. Are you actually working with any athletes any average Joes that have that mental block and they can't get past that and probably you're adding practices in place to try for them to overcome that. Are you working with anyone at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few people that come to mind and it is just, it's exactly that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm implementing and allowing them to implement certain tools, certain ideas that when they do get into these states, they're able to overcome it. But again, working with hypnotherapy, changing the beliefs because the belief is that when I'm, at, when I'm in this situation or when I'm in round four, round six, round eight, whatever it is that I feel tired, mm -hmm. that's a belief within itself. And again, if you're going into something with that belief, you're gonna play on it. So it is literally about changing that approach. What we know is, is that positive thinking, it doesn't always work. 
sometimes we can think positively and the the results that we get are not always positive but we know that negative thinking works 100% of the time and this is what I say to a lot of my clients it's all about tipping the tipping the scales in favor of getting and receiving what you want to get and receive and and feel as well so it isn't just about positive thinking but it's about acknowledging when the negative thoughts are there and trying to change the energy of that into into what serves you into into changing that approach to that thing hmm. that's amazing man um we talked about a book earlier obviously off offline the yeah, chimp yeah. paradox yeah 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 uh, which is really interesting, interesting because they talk about how you can see two two ways like for getting angry, for example, mm-hmm. your chimp wants to get angry at, at the traffic, but then y- your calm mind is like, why do you get so angry over this when it's mm-hmm. only going to last a, an hour or so? Is that sort of tactics that you implement? There's definitely, yeah, I've, I've used that a few times. It's not something that, what I base my work off of, but it's just about, basically, that is giving yourself time to experience the reality of what it is mm-hmm. that that's in front of you. So, for example, Terry, if you said to me, Robbie looked tired today. My first reaction could be, wow, you think that I look horrendous today. Like, maybe you're having a dig at me for not working hard enough. Mm. That's my chimp brain. That's that irrational, assumptive, defensive part of my brain. But if I just sit here and just just give myself time to process that information, maybe feel what that that evokes, then I'm going to be able to pair it with, I well, yeah, do you know what? I have been working hard. I was up last night with my son. Yeah, we're up this morning early as well. So do you know what? He's probably looking out for me. He's probably saying that I need a rest. And out of those two, which one are you going to want to feel? You're going to want to feel the one which is creating the good feelings, the yeah. compassionate feelings, which yeah. is allowing you to, to gain closure on that situation rather than me walking away here saying, Terry thinks I look like shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually a great way of looking at things. Take that moment to breathe and, you know, what's actually being said Mm -hmm. but you can think overthink it and think of the negative side of things Mm -hmm. but if you look at it as a positive side of things then you're going to feel better and you're not going to offend no one else as well yeah 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 exactly exactly and i think that's what that's what i i think life's all about is is feeling content and feeling happy in the moment just feeling good and if you can employ different things to allow yourself to feel that way and I think you're doing a good job. And like you say, Terry, if you're not offending anyone in the process, it is all about the, the, the moment is now. The moment is now. How many times I've worked with people and they're talking to me about the thoughts and I'm just, you can just see that they're way in the future mm. and they're, they're assuming, they're, they're feeling now what they think is going to happen in the future. Ultimately, um, stopping and slowing them down in that moment. So if I think, oh, yeah, well, this might happen, this negative thing might happen in the future, and then in this moment now, this moment in time, which will never happen again, I'm feeling those feelings as though that thing in the future has happened. And we're, we're simply just doing ourselves an injustice with that. Yeah, so you, I think, you can get so lost in your mind, can't you? 100%. Especially in, in a busy, stressful day when you've mm-hmm. got so many expectations. Yeah. You can get so lost. And um, I was going to say, when I was like, maybe 15 is when I first tried meditating and I like this this guy Paul Santisi don't you heard of him no, no, some no, YouTube but... guy mm-hmm. but he always said you've got the choice in life to either react or respond mm. and again you hit the nail on the head with what he said like 10 years ago that I really appreciated was the amount of times that I I, I can get very angry very quickly or I can be very emotional and it's not worth it. And when, when, I, when I've got my head screwed on and things are going well, I can control it a lot better. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember being literally 15 years old, implementing it, and I felt so much happier. But I was just sort of responding to all the, all the stresses, like, oh, I hadn't done this, or the teacher had a go at me for something. Instead of me getting angry, mm-hmm. it was, it's what it is. Teacher doesn't like me anyway. I've got two months left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so is that an example of how you respond? Because I'm quite intrigued. React is... Reacting in a bad so way, react, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have been very emotional. Okay. I'm quite an emotional person. Uh, for yeah, you, as you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I can. I don't know. I wear my heart, on my sleeve with a lot of stuff, which it can be good, but yeah. as it's as it's um, down yeah. downsides. Mm-hmm. But I do think reacting to thing it, it can be very very negative, especially we were saying. I I deal with ex-offenders and certain people, and they've had such a bad. A lot of them probably have had bad upbringings. Everything you can imagine that have got them in that place in life so mm-hmm. they've got those mental blocks already from being a child from not having the right trust the right childhood you know there's a lot a lot of people out there which they are struggling mentally which 
it's just how they are it's their coping mechanisms mm-hmm. um so i think implementing to to sit back and respond and uh, just to think about things a bit more like you're saying it can help a lot of people mm-hmm. e- even with that do, yeah. do, do you just work with athletes or do you work with ex-offenders possibly any, anyone like that anybody that that literally wants to gain a better understanding of the mind but probably about 90 98 percent of the people that i work with are athletes and i've got uh, i've got a few other clients who are just wanting to create a a better now create an understanding maybe of the past and just to implement a lot of a lot of tools and things that they can do to to live a, a more content life I mainly work with high performing individuals who have got these big goals big dreams things that they want to accomplish even whether it's just you know feeling feeling the best version of themselves so yeah but primarily athletes and that calmness approach, what, what you just mentioned there, Ash, about just calming everything down, works wonders for fighters. Yeah. You know, yeah. You could just quick on from it. So you said better yeah, understanding yeah. of the of the mind. Mm-hmm. Is that and you take them through a journey of that? Mm-hmm. Is that for them to discover what's a better way, or do you sort of tell them, or based on what you know about them, what's the best way for their mind? Yeah. So I, I never, I never tell, I never tell anyone. Uh, I'll suggest. Or the way that I work, I, I don't believe I'm like any other coach or hypnotherapist. I create a very open, just a friendly space just for us to bounce ideas off of each other. It's super informal. Mm. You know, I'll, have, I'll have my feet up, I'll have, my, I'll, I'll have a coffee in hand and I'd encourage my, my clients to do the same. The comfy, the more comfortable they feel, the more open they're going to become, the more receptive they're going to be, the more suggestible they're going to be. And it is... Um, yeah, I've, I've lost my train of thought there. What, what did you mean? What did you ask me initially? Uh, I, I said that if you you said that better understanding of the mind. Yeah, yeah. Also, take yeah, taking them on a journey. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's just about bouncing ideas off of off of each other. Uh, there's a client that comes to mind who who's not an athlete, and the the work that we've done is is really just. I've just said, oh, do you, do you think it's this? And then she's just she's really just taken taken a step back and gone. Oh, actually, well, what's come up for me there is is this. And I've said I've gone back with. Oh well, do you think it relates to this? And then we're just piecing the the, the jigsaw puzzle together. So that journey of understanding the mind can be understanding previous things and how it's been related to how it's related to the the present moment. Or it's simply just looking forward into the future with the the best mindset and approach to that. So there's many ways that we can look at it. There, there's a reason why why I don't uh, consider myself a counsellor or psychotherapist. Is I'm not really one for sitting and, and dwelling in the past too much. I'm very big on having a brief understanding of it, and then okay, how does that impl- how does that affect the now? And can we gain closure on it? Can we move forward? Can we use it to to motivate and drive you? And then. We're in the present. We're looking forward to the future. That's so much better. You know, you have so mm. many people. You might go for counselling. You might sit, and everyone goes through tough things in life. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could go for twenty hours with a counsellor and just talk about all the bad things in your life, and you'll probably leave emotional. Mm. And it's, sometimes it works. It's what for me in the Agreed. past one time. Yeah. But the way you're proactive and positive with people. You're getting an understanding of what the problem is, and then you're just bouncing off how you can fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, let them understand the problem, the deep cause, and then they're just coming out on top of it and leaving it behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that that problem ends up being their strength. I'm guessing a lot mm-hmm. of people that might have that block when they overcome it. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't got that block anymore. They probably thought they could do anything. Yeah, yeah. They, they probably excel so much. So. I'll tell you, who comes to mind about that is Tyson Fury, mm. and not only that, um, Danny Jacobs. Do you know Danny Jacobs? No, nah, no. Nah. Great had, boxer. Great boxer, he had a uh, yeah cancer, mm-hmm. and then he couldn't box, um, and he come back and he went twelve rounds with Golovkin. Oh, he shit. did twelve rounds against um, Canelo as well, didn't he? Canelo, he boxed. So his story is really inspirational because mm-hmm. he used that situation that he's going through into a positive. Similar to Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he talks openly about his mental health problems and what he's gone through, mm-hmm. and how I think that's made him a better boxer. Yeah, yeah, and a better 100%. person as yeah, well. No doubt. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but the main thing is he'd come out on top. He, he had the right tools to come out. And a lot of people m- might spend their whole lives struggling, not really getting out of that. So it is good having, having hypnotherapy. I, I think even just what you did there for that 20 minutes, my whole entire day has already changed now. Yes. yes. I, 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 didn't actually, I, I didn't actually tell you before, but I've actually done it before. 
All right, okay. But uh, 13 years ago. Get okay. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 13 years. I did it long. T- some, uh, my mum booked me. I didn't know what I was doing. I went, went over there. There was some lady. Um, some lady. Some lady, yeah. Interesting. Just put okay. me into a hypnotism. And, and it was before a championship. Right. Um, and and how, yeah. how was that? Do, do you know what? It, I had four fights that weekend. I won all, all four, four fights. And in the final, I just missed out on the final. But mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was, a, it was a great experience. But I think that helped as well. Yeah, yeah. Because she took, I don't know why, subconsciously, I guess you're thinking more positively. What did she do yeah. to you? She, similar to what Rob did today. Uh, put me down in a chair. It was in a little room. Um, and I was like, what is going on here? But you're, you're I don't know how to put it, but you're, a, you're sort of asleep. But you're awake, your mm. mind's awake, mm-hmm. and you're taking all the information that she's saying to you. Yes, exactly. Uh, and that's the feeling that I got when I did it before. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, I think there's something to be said for the placebo effect as well. If someone comes to me and thinks like, right, okay, I'm going to start working with Rob, and I'm going to be able to overcome this, I'm going to be able to get better at this, then they're already setting the intention for, for it to work and for them to start to change. If you set that intention for anything that you approach you're going to start to get that intention. And, and I'm not spiritual at all, but I'm very big in, in energy. Like what you put out into, into, the, into the universe is what you receive. So I'm con- I, I preach that massively. And it's all about that, you know, that internal dialogue that you're having. But yeah, there's something, there's something to be said for the, the placebo effect for sure. Or even Mike Tyson, obviously that's like the biggest case mm. of hypnosis. Yeah, definitely. This, this was before uh, yeah. anything really. Cuss would, I think he would even do the dangle of the watch or mm. whatever. Tell him he'd be world champion at 14, 15. And you know, how old was Mike when he was watching? 21. 21? 20? Mm. Yeah, so 21 years old, world champion, youngest King ever, of the world, heavyweight world. Yeah. 21. Mad. And um, you know, if he didn't have that, if he was still in that Brownsville mindset of in the ghetto, just scrapping with people, if he didn't have the right guidance, the right coach, the right, that hypnotherapy, that, that obviously shaped his mindset because he said even in his mind, he always thought that he was trash, that he's nothing, he's a, he's a thief, he's a bird, you know, he's all these bad things mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that he was at the time. But Cuss saw in him something completely different and that ended up being his whole entire life. Such a good, such a good ideology for someone like him that was destined to be in prison or killed. Mm-hmm. He ended up mm-hmm. being heavyweight world champion, which he was hypnotized to do, which he was led on the right path to do. Mm-hmm. He spoke about robbing houses when he was young and stuff like that mm-hmm. in, in that book. Like he, he had such yeah, a yeah, yeah. kids. Yeah, as a kid, and I remember him saying that when he was fifteen years fifteen years old, he was two hundred pounds. Yeah. I don't know if you had read the Teddy Atlas story. He says nah, he was two hundred nah. pounds and he tried to put him in a championship. And like, there's no way this kid's 15 years old. You're yeah, trying to get yeah, him away. Yeah. You're trying to get him in. But he's like, no, he's 15. He smashed it, didn't he? Mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's it's a testament to just switching the energy, mm-hmm. switching the focus of of the mind. But then he he went back to those ways, didn't he? I guess he never looked. Once after Cuss left, he went through a lot of problems. I think mm. previous to that. Do you not think that, that money was a money was a factor in that? Someone yeah. from no money, didn't have an understanding of money. Lost his mentor. Mm-hmm. No guidance. No guidance, yeah. Like, like we also said off, um, off camera, um, you said you've dealt with some people at the end of their boxing career, how yep. they've had so many highs, they've had such a regime in camp mm-hmm. their whole life, they've always been goal-orientated onto the next one, that when it's over, you know, in, if you are an athlete in anything, it's short-lived. You know, no matter what sport you're in, unless... You know, you're probably only going to be 20 years in the sport, maybe. Mm-hmm. You got if, the you're rest, lucky, yeah. if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you got yeah, the yeah. rest of your life. Um, so to deal with that, how would you deal with people coming out the the other side? I think it's all about purpose and intention. So I think this is we we touched on this before about about boxers getting to the end of the career and and they can either go left or right. They're at that fork in the road. Do the do the sort of deteriorate or or do the do they thrive? There's you know there's many examples out there of, of the, the the both uh, the two, but I think it's all about I think it's about purpose. Maybe they, they don't feel like they have much of a purpose, or it's a different purpose to what they had initially. Mm-hmm. There's look if we if we objectively look at a fighter's life who's let's say they're in a six, eight, twelve week camp, whatever it is, and they have an end date. That end date for them is what they're working towards. Mm-hmm. Then they get it and they're looking to move up in the in the ranks. They're looking to obviously be be world champion. They've got the these constant 
things inside these constant attributes and they've constantly got that motivation to be like right okay i'm in this camp and i'm working towards this mm. they're out of the camp right okay i'll have a couple of weeks off but then i'm back in camp and i've got this to work towards then they come out that motivation isn't there and i think this is a lot about and which i do work a lot on is internal motivation mm -hmm. being driven by self-betterment becoming better within yourself becoming mm. more skilled more developed so if it isn't boxing that's your career okay well what now are you focusing on because once these nice shiny things on the exterior are not there anymore what's your passion what do, yes. you, what do you enjoy doing aside from boxing yeah you can do, take forward in your life yeah, yeah, after yeah. boxing yeah you see footballers they had a problem with that a few years back and now like the premier league and stuff they're adding more incentives for footballers that retire mm. i think boxing doesn't have that they don't have any one governing body that can help people after mm -hmm. boxing i think that's where people like yourself can certainly help them find their passion yeah, yeah, yeah. and find their goals uh, going forward. Yeah, yeah, creating that clarity. Yeah. Again, creating that, that purpose, that intention. And we all need it and, it and it is great to have these things on on the outside that we're, we're driven by, we're motivated by, we're, you know, we might be motivated by that praise over there or that nice shiny thing over there. But I think when you, when you fully look at that, once those things are not there, then the motivation does go so yeah it's it's about how can i become even better how can i you know is it interpersonal skills is it my confidence am i now working towards a specific thing that's going to allow me to become a better version of myself mm. uh, but we're just off camera we we're talking about and it's something that i just learned the other day and i don't know if this is the correct term but that arrival fallacy mm -hmm. so get into that pinnacle of a career world champion gold medal uh, whatever it is what somebody is working towards, they get there. Again, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is a, an example of that when he beat, beat Klitschko. Hmm. And then, you know, that's when he had that, that period of his life where, yeah, he, he basically went left. Put on, what, 200 pounds or something? Put on 10 stone, didn't he? Put on yeah. Ricky Hatton. Yeah, on his fighting way. So. It makes you think, what's oh, he going to do now? Because obviously he's talking about, he says he's retired, but then, I don't know, when he beat Klitschko, you saw how bad he went. Is he gonna learn from his mistakes? Is he does he know how to how to handle that? Well, I think it, I think it's about the journey, isn't it? I think the journey is more more fruitful in my eyes, and and this is something that I'm working on myself. Is just enjoying enjoy the it, yeah, enjoying the journey. Stop stop being so so yeah so focused on on that thing in the future that's not actually there yet. If you've just got that as an idea. Keep it as a seed in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the moment. For that reason, that's why I love training every day, exercising. I feel mm -hmm. good mentally. I feel good after. But like that, that feeling of every day, just putting my all in, whether it's physically or mentally, like I just feel so much more progressive. Mm -hmm. And enjoying the now, I know that it's helping with the goals that I have got. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people might think, oh, I want to be national champion or I want to be world champion. But then, like you said, if you don't enjoy putting in the work or like the good phrase Mike Tyson said about discipline, um, you, you need to have that mindset of loving every single day. You've got to live the life of a fighter if you're going to be a fighter. You need to, you need to breathe it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Agreed, I, man. enjoy the journey. Trust the process. That is it. Trust the process. Trust in, in everything that, that you're doing. And, and once you do that, you're able to give 100% of yourself in that moment rather than thinking too much about the future so you've got 90 percent here you've got 10 percent in the future you're not able to to give you full potential yeah at least you're still thinking about the goal in the future so you're saying don't forget that keep that still in your mind but enjoy the process of today and i think that's what ash alluded to as well yeah 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 just literally i think if you if you're hard working if you're consistent and you know if you've got that vision one way or another it is going to materialize I, I truly believe that so and i think if you just keep working at it if you keep giving your 100 percent to the now you're, you're able to manage your thoughts you're able to stay focused you're going to get to you're going to get to that point or you know your, your life might take a different a different course you might think that you want to be world champ and then you're getting close to it and another opportunity comes up and you're like right whoa love island yeah yeah <laughs> Exactly. You've been offered that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and turn it down, not just boxing first. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was going to say, so positive affirmations are huge. Not, yeah, yeah. not everyone um, can go under hypnosis and those type of things. Mm -hmm. um, what, what type of positive affirmations would you recommend for people? Is there any type of guidance you could give someone where mm -hmm. as soon as they wake up, 
they can start their day or any any little tips that they can physically do well essentially you said that that's not massively important right or is is it important it is yeah I, it is important yeah oh, okay. yeah yeah how how it's your intention for the day and the more you the more you set that intention on the morning the more it becomes second nature for you to believe that when you wake up mm-hmm. because it's then paired with the, the physical activity of getting up and then slowly but surely you get up wow i'm motivated i'm happy i'm feeling good might not feel like that at first let's say you wake up and you're feeling you're feeling you're feeling down you're feeling depressed you're feeling unmotivated if you can start to obviously it's it's a combination of a few things but just in terms of what you just said ash the affirmations if you can set something that's that's massive that's uh supremely positive mm. and definite so rather than putting your energy into right okay i don't want to feel anxious the brain can't hear any negatives it can't hear the don't won't can't shouldn't wouldn't couldn't not so when you say to yourself i don't want to feel anxious all your brain picks up on is anxious i want to feel anxious 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 it plays into that you start to prime your mind with that what do you feel you feel anxious you start to spot everything oh i don't want to go there because that's going to cause anxiety Mm. so them affirmations just have to be supremely positive definite and 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 talk as though you've already got those things do you say it with some positive intention as well emotion is everything yeah attach that emotion to it and it's going to it's going to cement it in the mind. We are a mind-body connection, a mind-body system. If you can connect with that, we're emotional, we're emotional beings. If you can really identify the, the emotions and attach that to these positive uh, affirmations or beliefs, it's going to strengthen them. Yeah, I do the, do you know Wim Hof? Yeah, he's famous now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like doing his breathing before I go on a run in the morning. Mm-hmm. And during the breath hold, I'll say positive affirmations with my day. So I'll be just saying to myself, and I feel like the more conviction I've got in my mind, with what I'm saying, like instead of me just laying there with a two-minute breath hold saying, you know, I'm confident, I'm happy, I'm hardworking, I'm, I'm fit, I'm healthy. Mm. Instead of me just saying that with no emotion, I try and think of it in a sense of, like, you know, I'm hard work, like, try, trying to get that real yeah, yeah. real uh, emotion into the into the affirmations. And usually when I do that and I, and I can touch in that, it doesn't always happen. It mm. is hard doing it on mm. your own every day. Um, it is. But it feels, I do feel better for it. For sure, that's I, I try to bring that in in the in the hypnotherapy, brought in those emotions. Mm-hmm. Was you was you both able to evoke some emotions? Because mm-hmm. I said think about a past experience of a flow, a past experience of a success where you felt great, fully immersed in what you were doing, and bring about those feelings. Really yeah. feel them now. Could you mm-hmm. could you feel them? Yeah. yeah. And when you said think about the future as well. Yeah. Those sort of emotions that come into your mind as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you this is this is it. We we can evoke emotions. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we only pick up on the ones that are negative. Mm-hmm. So we feel negative. Generally, there's been a negative thought with that. But if you can identify that thought and look to change it, then you can start to change the feeling as well. But that's why I brought up emotions and that, because within that nice, relaxed state, if you're nice and calm, you're thinking about the future mm-hmm. and you're feeling calm, straight away you're going to f- start to think of the future in a calm way, mm-hmm. i.e. you're going to start to trust it. And that is, I think that's the bottom line of everything, staying present and, and just calmly trusting in, in the journey that you're on. And as long as you're giving, again, that, that hard work and consistency, yeah, one way or another, you're going to get there. And I know a lot of people that are watching are probably going to think as well, if I think I'm going to be world champion, it doesn't mean I'm just going to be world champion, right? Mm-hmm. But what, what would you say, obviously, there's so many other factors, like even like diet, for example. I, yeah. I know, obviously, you said your partner's a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Um, like surely having all those things on track, if you're working with them, you would they'd probably uncover themselves everything they need to do mm-hmm. to get to that goal anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Agreed. even even though you you might be sitting with someone that's maybe a two and O pro, mm-hmm. um, that wants to be world champion, they're probably gonna through those sessions with you unlock knowing how they can get to that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, obviously it's not gonna come overnight. If I just said, if I said personally I want to be world champ within boxing. You know, I, I don't compete in boxing, so that's that's delusional. But for somebody that is a professional boxer and they're in the space and they're doing all of the right things, then for them to have that thought of being a world champ, there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So that possibility, you might as well harness that. You might as well harness those feelings, those thoughts, and try and allow it to fuel you, to keep you on that, that journey. How about if they don't achieve that goal? Is that something that's over-realistically setting goals? So if... 
I hear about people saying they want to achieve southern area titles, for example. Mm -hmm. Saying that all of a sudden they'll be world champion. Yeah. Is that too much of a gap? Does that actually, I don't know how to say it, but does, is that too much stepping up? Or should you be more mm. realistic with your, with your goals? I think the complete opposite. Okay. Now, this is my personal opinion. I think you should go over and above where you've currently got your goals. Because if you do fall short, you might be way ahead of where you currently set your limitations. Mm. So if I said I just wanted to be Southern Area Champ and I fall short and I don't, I don't reach that at all, but let's say I, I say I go for a World Champ and then I might be able to hit British Champ, I might be able to hit European Champ or you know whatever it is that that's in between those two. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so what would people say set yourself, set yourself smaller goals? If you're going for a Southern count, it's just no, I, I, I celebrate the little wins, maybe. But I guess if yeah. you've got that, that hindsight, if you've yeah. got that, if you've got that bigger goal in the in in the future, what you and of course you've got to believe it, you've got to feel it, you've got to. If you're saying I want to be world champ, but you don't, you don't truly feel it. You you're gonna put out the energy of that. It's gonna be a little bit. You're gonna create resistance. You you might not train the right way. You might. You know, in between in between fights, you might completely fall off, or you know, you, you've got to, in some respect, you've got to believe it on that deeper level. Hmm. It's back to as well you saying having that intrinsic motivation. Yes. Where obviously whatever your goal is, whether you want to bake the best cake or you know you want to have the best painting, like whatever it is, I guess having that motivation towards that. You're gonna be, yeah. You're gonna be dedicated to it a hundred percent, which mm -hmm. gives you that opportunity. Yeah, I think in, intrinsic. That's that's huge. Not not being focused on a belt or on a car or the money. Being focused on the actual, the grind to get to that feeling of being the best you. Yeah, yeah. Look at what you just said, Ash. The feeling. So being world champ, what will that feel like? The pride, knowing that you've put in all of that hard work, all of that dedication. So keeping that in mind and allowing that to drive you. And no one can take that away, can they? No, nah, exactly. You can take away your money, take away your car, mm -hmm. but that feeling of winning something, that stays with you for life, right? Yeah, 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 100%. So, so focus on that. Yeah, I was saying, elite athletes, uh, you work with a lot of elite athletes, you work with amateur athletes as well, I believe. Yeah. What's the biggest difference that you notice within their mindsets uh, between elite and am amateur? Um, I think that just depends on on experience. I think, I think, the, I think the main difference is belief. So working with someone in, uh, working with Mike Davis in the UFC, his, his belief of himself is very different to somebody who's at an amateur level, who's just very young in the career, for example. So I think it's, I think it's that belief, but that belief also comes through from experience. I've achieved that, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I am good at this. And then achieve the next thing, oh, yeah, yeah, do you know what, I'm feeling good at this. Mm. But I... And, I, I believe that the belief just has to come from, from you again, not those external things, because if you're relying on those to confirm that you, you're good or you're efficient in this area, then it's, uh, I think it's an uphill battle. You'll get there, it'll, it, you know, but I think it's going to be a slower journey. If you have that innate belief, that intrinsic belief, I think your approach to these things are going to be a lot more efficient. It's funny you say that because we had Mikey McKinson on a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And he says when he used to go into his first couple of fights, he liked this locker room full. Mm -hmm. He liked it full because he mm -hmm. needed that, that energy to bring that him boost. up and boost up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now he's more experienced in the game. He doesn't need a big big corner in his side. Mm. It's just him and he has that belief in himself. And I guess that, that comes from winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going through the process of doing the training every day, doing the grind, as you said. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's actually, that matches with what you said. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any hard or fast rule to any of this. I think everyone's experience is different. There's probably a lot of people listening to me, which the things that I'm not saying, or the things that I'm saying don't resonate with them. You know, that's fine. Everyone has the different life experience, and it is just about seeing how much you can control within the mind, understand... If you can understand the thoughts, you're going to be able to identify your approach to things. If you can start to identify your approach to things, then you can start to nurture it so it's more beneficial for you and you get the most out of it. You can see with any any world-class athlete, like or Usain Bolt or whoever, you can see there's that aura about them, that they know they're the best at what they do. Yeah, yeah. Swag. 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 Even like businessmen or whoever's that's just high up where they've worked hard their whole life, you can see that all their hard work and everything, you can feel it around them like Anthony Joshua 
I know obviously he's had a few losses and that, but you see him, you see, you feel his presence. Even just on a, on a video, mm. you can just see how he is. He's he's so comfortable in his own skin because mm. he's been there, he's done it. He's got wars that everyone we we put a post up yesterday with Klitschko five yeah. years ago. You know, he he beat Klitschko, which reigned the heavyweight division for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, for him to have that, that it's it's so big. I think every world champion or whatever they are that that's elite, they all have that. You could just feel it around them compared mm-hmm. to someone that might be lacking that self belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Canelo is a prime example because mm-hmm. Joshua is six six, mm-hmm. so he's got that confidence about him. But Canelo is five seven, and you can still feel that swag and that presence mm-hmm. around him. So energy. it's all about your mindset, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Energy. What energy are you giving off? You walk into a room and somebody, somebody's is quite, quite shy or quite like quite nervous. You can already feel that energy, can't you? Mm-hmm. You can already, even just by, you know, you just look at somebody's body language and I think that that shows a lot about them. Energy, again, is, is a massive thing. And then touching on just, like, mental health for people, mm-hmm. um, everyone can resonate, like, a lot of people might suffer with anxiety, depression. Um, what would you recommend to people just to try and overcome those basic feelings that they, as soon as they wake up, they might already be behind compared mm-hmm. to someone that's actually thriving in life that's got the right mindset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... I think slowing everything down, meditation. Meditation holds a lot of power. If you can just take five, ten minutes out each day to sit, breathe, and just start to notice what thoughts are going on. Are you predominantly talking to yourself negatively? Have you got a a negative internal dialogue? Again, if you've got that negative internal dialogue, that's going to make you feel that way. You're going to then respond in that way. Then it's going to, you're just going to see these things, which is going to affirm that. And then you're in this self-perpetuating cycle, a vicious cycle. Uh, so taking time out, slowing those thought processes down. Again, we have up to 70,000 thoughts a day. So how can, we, how can we manage all of those thoughts? How can we be aware of all of those thoughts? We can't is the answer. We need to slow those down. Taking that time out can allow that. And once you can, even just that alone, even just taking time out, like after after we did that, even myself, after we did some hypnotherapy, we were all just nice and chilled. Mm-hmm. You've got a calmer approach to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think anxiety, anxiety is you're in that fight or flight response. You've got adrenaline pumping whenever the thoughts occurred. So if you can calm that down, feel a little bit more chilled in your approach, again, you're going to start to see those things that align with you feeling calmer. Oh, actually, yeah, I do feel a little bit calmer here. Then it's going to start to create this this belief that within this situation I can feel calm and then you're going to be able to get into that situation and it's you, you try to create a snowball effect with all of these different things so initially taking that time out and I think as a, as a natural byproduct of hypnotherapy taking time out once a week can give the people that time and space to be able to say oh, actually I am noticing my thoughts a little bit more and I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure that majority of my, my clients can testify to that. So what would you recommend someone to go through the process, someone who wants to hypnotise, I can't even pronounce it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long would that process take with someone, because you say once a week, how long should they work with someone with your, like yourself? Or? So the way, that, the way that I put it is that the first initial point of working with myself is to become as consciously aware as possible. So basically identifying the thoughts that are coming in, that are not serving you, and then we can come up with a a template or a blueprint on how to change them, but also identifying the positive thoughts that are coming in and looking to, to double down on those. So once once a person that I'm working with is at that point where they're feeling aware, they're feeling good, they're feeling in control, then we can start to nurture these other ideas. In terms of athletes, we can start to nurture the idea of getting into flow state, activating that, that peak performance state, activating the full potential, and then it's just up and up and up from there. Once you can start to make things habitual, certain thought processes, it paves the way for future growth, understanding, development. So it depends on person to person. So I I say to people initially when I have a consultation with them is that we'll work together consistently on a weekly basis up until a point where you're feeling like things are moving, you're feeling good and you're feeling under control. Then we can review it. Most people at that point then jump onto like every month, so it's a little check-in, and we can review things, just make sure that they're not falling into any bad habits. Mm-hmm. And with athletes, with uh, with fighters, then we'll kickstart up again once they enter into a camp. We'll see each other every week up until uh, up until the fight, and in the week after we'll have a, a debrief session, a chance to review, reflect, reset, 
And again, they might move on to every two, three or four weeks and just rinse and repeat. I, I myself, I've got, I've got a hypnotherapist, I've got a coach, I've got a supervisor, I've got a business coach. I'm fully immersed in, in what, I, what I'm doing. I truly believe in self-development and there's no final form. So when do you stop? And the, the question is, when do you stop being aware of your development or when do you stop? Yeah, when do you stop trying to become better or understanding things better, getting the best version out of yourself? So for me, you asked me outside, Ash, didn't you, about the the period of how long someone can work with you for, and I think it is just continuous up until a point where, yeah, someone feels like they don't need it, which, again, for me, I've had a lot of experience with people where they get to a point where they feel like, right, I'm good, happy days, they're going away, and then six months later they've come back to me saying that they've like regressed, they've gone back to... The previous ways they've gone back to previous thought processes they've fallen into bad habits because they haven't kept up to it they've got complacent at the top and then that's where for the most part we are we are vulnerable because it gives way to ah well yeah i don't need to do that today oh yeah maybe i don't need to think about that so yeah a long way to answer your question Terry. yeah no it's, it's good to know <laughs> do, you, do you think that's to nice. stay happy you need to always be hitting goals mentally whether it's just making your bed in the morning every day or do, do you think you need to have certain goals to to be on track like you said getting complacent if i was happy and i was national champion and i thought oh, i'm national champion, i'm done now and got complacent like do i still need to have goals even when i'm would you say it's a big part of your mindset for, for your whole life just mm. to stay on track mm. to never to never regress nah. I can't, I can't speak generally. I can speak for myself. My, myself, I need to be working towards something mm. constantly. Yeah. If I'm not, I feel like, what you're am I doing? What's the point in yeah, life? Yeah, like, yeah, like, what, what am I doing? But yeah. I, I believe that as humans, we need to have a higher purpose, something that's bigger than us that we're working towards, even if it is making your bed in the morning. Mm. But at the same time, and this is something that my girlfriend's made me aware of, is that... Not everyone is like, go, 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 like motivated, yeah. driven to keep pushing. Some people are genuinely happy, just just chilling, mm-hmm. just just doing yeah, the things that they want to do. Yeah. And maybe they, they're, they're happy with going to work, coming home, just Having chilling out. Having a biscuit out. with their cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that for them might be... Yeah, like, highlight of your day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? That's fine. And I think that's what makes the, the world turn is that we are all different. But speaking personally, I need... I need to be working towards something. Then what is your drive, passion? What, what is it? What is it you want to do? What is it you want to achieve? I, first, Ultimately. Yeah, first of all, I want to destigmatize what therapy represents within sports. There's such a huge stigma behind hypnotherapy and therapy. Again, you don't necessarily have to have something wrong with you to invest in your mind. Mm-hmm. I work with those elite sports people who don't have anything wrong with the mind, whatever that means, but the work that we're doing, like I say, is to reinforce all of their yeah. their thoughts to, to pave that way for future growth do you know what I remember you just, you're just saying that as changing the mindset mm-hmm. particularly in boxing we said about this earlier but do you remember the Cole Frotch George Groves fight mm-hmm. the second one the where second George one, Groves yeah. was picking on now you've seen a sports psychologist yeah yeah and he used it as a motivation as a sign of weakness mm. do you see the sort of stigmatism that goes with it and this sort of relates to the question do you reckon people who we're getting soft as a, as a society. Didn't Carl that... Foch knock George Groves out? He did in the second one. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. yeah, not that weak then. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. No, um, so, yeah, do, do you reckon it's more people are going soft towards it, particularly in boxing? Is it is that why people are so, uh, I guess, reluctant to do it? I guess coaches and stuff see it that way. Yeah, I th- I, it's hard because I, I get a lot of information from different people saying. You know what, my mindset is, is sound, I don't need any of this mm. work, which is fair enough if you don't believe it, but from my experience, I know that you would be able to get even more out of yourself. Mm. So I think part of my mission is to to really inject TWR into what thought what um, what what sports is, sports enhancement. If you want to get more out of yourself, invest in your mind. It's the best thing that you can do, and that, that is my driving passion. And then, Hopefully I can I can make those waves and and change it. That's my goal. That's my drive. And and to get to the top, I want TWR to be synonymous with sports therapy. Mm. So you're not limiting yourself just to boxing. You said sports. You're working with athletes exactly across right. the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly so what right. uh, what sort of obviously you don't have to say which names. What sort of athletes? What sports are they in? 
Yeah, so uh, boxing, MMA, Muay Thai, obviously they're all combat sports. Mm. Um, and then I've got tennis players, I've got rugby players. Um, that's it really. I think there's such a huge market within fighting. If I can combat, if I can combat, and I say that word, combat the, the stigma behind fighters do, doing therapy, having therapy, investing in the mind, then... Hopefully the, the That's market That's a huge step anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You do the, if you can do that, yeah, yeah. that'd be massive. But you see people with strength conditioning. Ten years ago, strength conditioning wasn't really a thing. Go on your runs, do, do a bit of uh, circuit training. Now it's part of people's training plans. We're evolving. Yeah, yeah. We're evolving. Imagine in like the next hundred years, everyone's got their mind mastered. Everyone's got their strength conditioning mastered. Mm. We're going to be like super beings. Yeah, like, literally. But they'll be looking at us right now thinking, God, they, they knew nothing, mm. which we're already doing from a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so good as well that you said um, a lot of people, like obviously you need to invest time in your mind. When I first got talked into meditation, I didn't really know what it was or whatever. But the guy said to me, how much money do people spend all the time on their looks, on like new clothes, new this, new that, all these external stuff. How many people dedicate any time or money on their, on their mind? Mm. And it's like, obviously your mind's the most powerful thing. And again, it's, it's coming up now in the literature and it's, it, there's not much really about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we're starting to see guys like you, which are just booming, which are doing so good, that are dealing with fight, making such a positive effect on so many lives. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I've, I've, we've been following you since, what, Christmas time maybe? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, following stuff, your journey, man. Yeah, stuff appreciate you it, boys. Your journey, man. Same with you as well, like growing, bringing those sponsors on board, growing and making waves. That's what it's all about. I guess it's trying to spread that positivity, same yeah, as what yeah, you're yeah. trying to For do. Sure, man. And that's uh, as long as we can do that to the world, that's all we want to do, man. It's a class goal. Yeah, and man. bring this platform just just to get viewers listening to guys like you. Obviously, like mm -hmm. if, if we get one person listening today that actually picks up a few good tips that might change their life, you know. Um, I yeah, certainly got so some great good. tips from it. Legend. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some great tips from it. Good man. Um, so, last question for you. What's the plans for the rest of the year? Grow. Keep pushing. Keep doing everything that, that I've been doing. And, yeah, just, just getting out there and bringing more people on board. Uh, my, my girlfriend, she's a, a nutritionist, so looking to bring her on board for the, the sports nutrition side of things. Uh, and just become just become a become the beast yeah the twr the beast that's what takeover. yeah the takeover literally and it, and it's just because how powerful i know that this this work is and how much how powerful it is to to invest in yourself physically mentally emotionally so that's my driving that's my driving passion uh, and motivation so yeah, it'd be good to check back in a year and see where we're all at. See where we're all at. Mm. But I've got, I've got a question. Okay, Sorry, I, I, I don't want to stop it. There, I've actually got another one. Yeah. <laughs> He's such Can an we interesting take that guy. He is an interesting yeah. guy. Uh, you said you do a lot of stuff online. Yes. And then you do it in person. Yeah, yeah. What's the differences that you find between online and person? Because I personally prefer in person. Mm -hmm. but do, do you have people that prefer it online? Do, I mean, what's the differences that you find? I think, so I, I, I went online uh, prior to COVID and what I found from that is people were relaxing into it a lot more really? from the outset, yeah. Uh, it, just because they were at home, they were in their own beds or they were on their own sofa in an armchair or an office chair, they was just already in the comfort of their own home. Yeah. All they needed to do was click a button, log on and they're there and we're, we're getting work done straight away. So, and, and I think now I th it, it's never really a, a, a question of are we doing this online or in person? It's just assumed that it's online. And, it, you know, there's... Uh, I do work in person as well, but it's just... I think it's the assumed thing now that it is online. And, and I've got better results with it being online. Mm -hmm. And even in person, though, as well, when if we if we do the initial work online and then we, we do an in-person session, the mind's blown because it's just... They can feel that that extra energy in the room as well. So it's just a level up. So if we always got that groundwork of the online work in, then it opens the way for for future work in person. So, and, and that's ultimately what I do. I do travel to uh, to, to fights to help with, with fighters beforehand, do a bit of hypnotherapy in the hotel beforehand. And then I've cornered a couple of guys, helped them within rounds as well. So. I do want to touch upon that. Sorry, Ash, I know you got a question, but yeah, you you were talking about you're going to boxing shows and you're doing corners and stuff mm -hmm. like that now. Mm -hmm. 
that's so important. Having someone with your mindset helping someone in the corner, mm -hmm. that can only benefit someone. Yeah, what what yeah, do yeah. you say? What do you say in the corners? Yeah. Uh, what, what things to perk them up? Let's say someone just lost a round, um, it's but just, they're still in the fight. It's all about whatever we've worked on previously. It's just, it's just reminders mm -hmm. of whatever we've worked on. So uh, some uh, fighter comes to, to my mind. It was actually his first uh, K1 fight and had the nerves there a little bit before. We, so we did some hypnotherapy before, really focused on his breathing and just allowing him to change that, that nervous energy for excitement. As we were walking out, saying to him, just enjoy this and take it all in because this is going to set the precedent now for you, how you approach future fights. So just take all of this in, really attach the emotion of excitement to it. And then in between rounds, I was just reminding him to breathe. So in between rounds, so he uh, knocked down his opponent. His opponent got the, the standing eight count. He was in the neutral corner. And I was just shouting at him, take those deep breaths, take those deep breaths. And he was doing that. And it was allowing him to stay focused, reset, go back out, knock his opponent down again, and, and ultimately get the finish behind it. And, and he said afterwards, if it wasn't for the work that we'd have done, he'd have felt really overwhelmed or too nervous and yeah he got the winner off of the back of it amazing i've actually forgot what question i was gonna <laughs> ask um well first of all um what are your contact details how can someone reach out to you uh, we can put your links in our description but sure um like how much is the initial contact if someone was coming to get to you roughly yeah so uh, therapy with rob on instagram and rob at therapywithrob.com the email Get at me, we can have a free consultation, 20 minutes, we can chew the fat, I'll introduce myself, talk to you a little bit about what the, the sessions entail, find out a little bit about yourself, and then we can go from there, figure out what, what the journey looks like. Brilliant. And what tips have you got for anyone listening right now to grow, self-growth, just a little thing to add mm. to their day? Yeah. Become aware of your thoughts. I think that's the theme of everything that I've said today, become aware of your thoughts. That's going to allow you to, to be aware of your approach to different things, different events and situations. If you can hone in and nurture the positive approaches and, and 10x them, make them even better, larger, then your approach to those things is only going to grow. Brilliant. Amazing. What a way to well, finish. What a podcast. Thank you, Rob, mate. It's been a pleasure Rob. having you on. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Please everyone. like, comment, share, subscribe. Thank you very much.